when they leave out the choir loft, I always want to say, parents, will you claim your children? But uh, <laughs> I hope you've got your Bible and you'll turn to 1 Peter. I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. I'm going to pray in just a minute and then read these verses of Scripture. I want to say a quick, couple of quick things. What I'm about to tell you is not an apology. I want, to, I want to explain to you where I'm at. First of all, I prayed and asked God what he wanted me to share next, and I can truthfully tell you that. And uh, I struggle many weeks to know exactly uh, what it would be the Lord's will for me to bring to you. And, and these are not preset sermons that I get off the Internet or wind up in the mailbox I pray that they come from the Lord, and I ask you, and I know that many of you pray for me, that God will help me prepare to have a word from him when I come before you. In saying that, we're getting ready to look at the fact that God calls us to be holy. And folks, this is no joke. I am a sinner as much as any of you here and probably in many ways a greater sinner. I do not set myself up to be an example of holiness, nor do I set my family up to be an example of holiness. But, folks, it is a burden that God has laid on my heart that you and I follow his instruction in his word, and I'll repeat this again in a little while and probably for the next couple of Sundays. In both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's children are called to be holy as God is holy. So I ask you to pray for me that God would help me deliver his word. And again, um, sometimes preachers get mad at somebody in the congregation and what they're doing, and they'll find a sneaky way that they can attack them so that they can hopefully force them to quit doing any behavior that makes the preacher mad. That's not my purpose, folks. And I'm trying my best to learn not to be a judgmental person because I am going to have to give an account of my actions and my thoughts and my words, and so are you. What I want us to do is take a personal journey as we study this and find out those places that we're falling short, and all of us do, and the Word of God teaches that, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it should be our ambition and our desire as children of God to be holy and to serve him as much as we can. We will not be complete until we go to be with the Lord. And it's going to be a struggle. And folks, what we're getting ready to embark upon is going to be something that is going to cause us a struggle, and it will humble us because as we let the X-ray of God's Holy Spirit point out where we are not holy and the things that we're doing that do not honor him, It'll be a very humbling experience. And I pray that, that as a result of these sermons, you and I will get closer to the Lord and be better instruments in his hands. So pray with me and ask God to speak and to bless, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, so often we read the Scripture and we do not let that Scripture impact our hearts and our minds so that our behavior, our ways, or thinking is changed. And Father, surely you know each and every one of us, every action, every thought, every intention of our hearts and minds. Father, we confess again that everyone in this room is a sinner. But Lord, give us a new desire 
empowered by your spirit, strengthened by your word, and directed by your speaking to our hearts and lives. Help us, Lord, that we'll live holy lives for you. And Father, help us to understand that this portion of Scripture is not a joke, that this is what you expect and desire of your children. For we ask in Christ's name, amen. Now listen to these verses, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. I'm going to be reading these out of the Living Bible. And folks, every one of these verses has got a sermon in it. Listen to this. Obey God because you are his children. Isn't that a powerful sermon right there? Don't slip back into your old ways doing evil because you knew no better, i.e., don't go back to the way you lived before you trusted Christ as your Savior. But listen to verse 15. But be holy now in everything you do. <laughs> that covers it, doesn't it? In everything you do, just as the Lord is holy, and He is our example. And folks, here's something that we need to understand. Don't look at somebody else. Look at the Lord. Because, you know, I, I'm beyond, all of us can find somebody we think is a bigger sinner than we are. Amen? Amen? But our example and the one that we're following is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If he's pleased with us, praise the Lord, keep on going. But if he's not, we don't need to give excuses and say, well, why don't you get on so-and-so? And I'm not trying to ask you to live like me because if you do, you'll be in a mess. I struggle every day. And I'm not asking you to copy your life after me or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher, although we've got some wonderful people in this church. As a Christian, our call is to be like who? Jesus Christ. Okay? Let me get back on track. Verse 15, Be holy now in everything you do, just as the Lord is holy who invited you to be his child. Do you see what Peter's trying to say? Obey God, obey the Lord Jesus Christ because you love him. Not because the preacher said so. Not because your parents want you to, but because it is the right thing to do because Jesus Christ loved you enough to die on the cross and give himself for you. Verse 16, he himself has said, you must be holy for I am holy. And remember that your heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites when he judges. Now listen to this. He will judge you with perfect justice for everything you do. So act in reverent fear. Now, again, folks, this is not a cowering fear where we're scared God is going to strike us down at any moment, even though perhaps sometimes we would deserve that, wouldn't we? This reverential fear is a fear that comes because we love Jesus for all that he has done for us and in return for his love, we want to love him back. And one of the ways that we show his love is what? Obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen? That's what he said in the Gospel of John. And so, again, Peter is saying, act in reverent fear of him from now on until... How long does the Lord want us to faithfully follow him and obey him? Until you get to heaven. Amen. Some of us have problems with that, don't we? You know, don't all of us, at certain stages of our life, we say, look, God, I, I want to live for you later. I've lived to you for a while. I, I just want some time away from you, Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Have you been there? Are you there right now? The Word of God says He wants us to serve Him until we get to heaven. Very simple, isn't it? 
Next verse. Let's see what he's got. Okay. If you go to the next one. Uh, God paid a ransom. And folks, here again, just think about this for just a second. Is God serious? He is. He is so serious that his son left heaven and died on the cross for you and I to set us free from sin, from Satan, from death, from hell. But in return, he expects us to be serious too and love him. Now, when I talk about being serious, y'all know I have a hard time being serious about a lot of things in life, but when it comes down to a relationship with Jesus Christ, we must be serious. And listen to why. Verse 18, God paid a ransom to serve you from the impossible road to heaven which your fathers tried to take. He's talking about getting to heaven by good works and who we are. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver, as you very well know, but he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began, but only recently was he brought into public view in these last days as a blessing to you. Again this morning, we want to begin a series on God calls us to be holy. And folks, I want you to understand that my call, your call, and our church's call is to be holy. And folks, I hope in the coming weeks we're going to understand what this means. How does God command and expect his children to act? Right after I became a Christian, I remember hearing a a youth speaker tell this story. He said that there was a soldier in the army of Alexander the Great. And surely I've told this story before. But this soldier was brought before Alexander because of behavior and conduct that was unbecoming of a soldier. And when Alexander the Great asked this soldier if he had done certain acts that were unacceptable as a soldier, the soldier said, yes, I did. And he said it in a very proud and arrogant way. And Alexander the Great said, soldier, what is your name? And he responded, Alexander. And when the soldier told him his name was Alexander, Alexander the Great struck him on the face. And he said, Soldier, you either change your name or change your behavior. Do we who bear the name of Jesus Christ, are we living holy lives? And I know we hadn't got to the definition of holy yet, but are we living lives that portray that we are followers of Jesus Christ? Is the title Christian something that we're truly living? And again, throughout the Word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God commands and God expects His children to be holy because He is holy. In the Old Testament, God speaks that to the nation of Israel. In the New Testament, God speaks that to His church. And in the New Testament, most especially, God speaks to those who have trusted His Son as their Savior and says, I want you to be holy. And let me give you one example of this. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what Paul says. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It never dawned on me to this week what Paul is saying here. Just as Jesus sacrificed himself for us, the Lord wants us to sacrifice ourselves for him. 
Does that make sense? Just as Jesus gave all that he was to give glory to the Father, he wants you and I to give all that we are to give him honor and glory with our lives. So he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice and look at the next word, holy, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then he says in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. And folks, obviously, to be conformed to this world is not to be holy. To be holy means it will be transformed by the renewal of mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So often, our attitude toward the concept of being holy is incorrect. And I, I just put down some ways that my attitude has been in error over the years. And folks, I want to tell you, I believe Satan would want you and I to have the wrong idea of what being holy means. And folks, if being holy, your attitude or your concept of being holy is a preacher who walks around with a big Bible under his hand trying to beat everybody into submission to God and into being saved, folks, that is not holiness. Let me give you some errors I believe Satan would want you and I to accept as the concept of holiness. Error number one would be that holiness means living by a certain set of of rules and religious laws. Now, folks, rules and religious laws are good, but living for the Lord, living a holy life is about relationship with Him. You remember what uh, Peter says to begin the passage of Scripture that I read, obey God because you are his children? Folks, you and I to live holy lives because we are the children of God. And so often we think, well, if I live by a certain set of rules, then I'll satisfy what God wants. There was an old expression when I was growing up, and, and I shouldn't use this probably, but you probably heard it, some of you that are my age don't, Smoke or chew or go with girls that do. We thought that was the way to live a holy life. I thought y'all would laugh a little bit more than that because I told that to a pulpit one pit committee one time and went right over the head and they didn't know what, what I was talking about. Folks, if we're living by a set of rules, if we say I'm a Christian because of what I do or don't do, it causes us to become proud, doesn't it? And you know what happens when we become proud of our spiritual life? We begin to judge others. And we also begin to say, well, I'm going to get to heaven because of what I do or don't do and because of who I am. And folks, none of us are going to get to heaven except through the grace of God that Marvin preached on the other night. Salvation comes to us not by works, but by the grace of God. And so often, even within Christianity, we've become so legalistic. And what we're projecting to other people is, I'm better than you are, and I'm saved by my works and by my merits. And if we tell anybody that we're perfect and we're saved because of what we do or don't do, then we are giving them the wrong impression of what being a Christian is all about. 
First of all, we are in right relationship with God, not simply because we joined a church or were baptized, but we're in right relationship with God because Jesus died on the cross taking the guilt and punishment of our sin upon himself, and when we trust in him, our sin is washed away. It is an act of Jesus, not an act of ourselves. We're not saved by what we do or don't do or the religious rules we go by. We're saved by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. So holiness is not man-made. Holiness does not come to us because we observe rules and regulations, but because we are living in right relationship with God through His Son. We want to grow in our faith. We want to be more and more like Christ. We yield to the power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And there's another area of error about holiness. I am saved by grace and the blood of Christ. Therefore, I have no need to live a holy life, nor am I required by God to live a holy life. You know what I'm building up to there? And let's be honest. Don't we as many, many times, we as Christians say, well, I'm saved, so I don't have to worry about my conduct anymore. If I'm if, if saved, uh, if saved once, saved forever, if that's true, then what I have to worry about my conduct? What I have to worry about living by what the Scripture declares to be the path that a Christian should take? And folks, this is dangerous for a Christian and for a church because, you see, everybody who is not a Christian is looking at we who profess to be Christians and they see if our lives and churches are full of sin and worldliness instead of holiness and Christ-likeness, they say, why do I need to go to church? Have you ever been presented with that argument? Look at those people that come to your church. I don't need to come to church because I live just as good as they do. Folks, coming to church isn't because we're living by a set of rules. It's because of the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And folks, if you don't think this has been a problem ever since the, the ascension of Christ back into heaven, read the book of Galatians. There were people who professed faith in Christ that went out and lived any way they want to. And folks, isn't that happening in our world today? And I have been guilty of that too. Folks, holiness does not mean that because we're saved, we can do anything that we want. And there's another error. No one else is living a holy life. Why should I? Why should we? The world doesn't care anymore, does it? The world has become so bad and so far away from God. Why should I care? And I'm afraid that attitude is seeping into churches. And we're getting the feeling it doesn't make any difference how we live. Absolutely, positively, it does make a difference. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to what he says. And again, this is out of the Living Bible. Of course, your former friends will be surprised when you don't eagerly join them anymore in the wicked things they do, and they will laugh at you in contempt and scorn. Have you ever heard anybody laugh at you because of some decisions you made? We don't like being different, do we? We don't like being unaccepted. I'm going to stop right here because next Sunday, and, and i got a couple of things I want you to do, okay? Number one, the book of 1 Peter has, uh, has five chapters and the book of 2 Peter has three chapters. This coming week, there's 166 verses. <laughs> I got my smartphone out and calculated how many verses was in those things. There's 166 verses. 
would you read those eight chapters this coming week? There's so much information in there about living a life that is holy. And let me, before I have a closing prayer, let me just give you two tidbits, at least two tidbits of information. Now think about who wrote this book, Peter. Think about back in Matthew 26 when he denied the Lord the night that he was betrayed. Folks, the man who is writing these letters is a different man than that scared fisherman on the night that Jesus was being tried. What happened to him? He got filled with the Spirit of God. That's what we need if we're going to live holy lives, the Spirit of God. And let me tell you something that I hope that you'll just sit and meditate upon. There's several different meanings of holiness. One of them means to be set, set apart for God. But there's another definition. It is to be different. Amen. Now listen, this does not mean to be odd. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen a lot of Christians that were oddballs. I mean, some of the stuff they believe and some of the ways they act is... It's but we're to be different from the world around us. And one of the true tests of being a follower of Jesus and being a person who is letting God make them into a holy person like he is means that we're going to be different from the world around us. Now just think for just a few minutes. This coming week, we're going to be tempted to live like people that do not believe. And we, all of us are. But if we're going to be holy like the Lord, we're going to be different. It's not going to be by our own strength and power. It's going to be by the Spirit of God living in us and Jesus Christ himself living in us and bearing witness. And again, Peter's a great example of this. Let's pray together. Heavenly Fathers, we begin this study. Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to understand what it means to be holy like you are. Lord, we confess again our sinfulness even as Christians. But dear God, help us to be in the middle of the fray. Help us, Father, as Satan attacks us and seeks to make us be conformed to this world. Lord, may we let you transform us so that we will live holy lives that are pleasing and accepting to, uh, acceptable to you and lives that bear witness of your Son's work in our hearts and lives. And Father, this morning as we, as we witness people being baptized, remind us again, Father, of that day when we trusted Christ as our Savior and that day when we too were baptized. Lord, if we've lost our fire to serve you and our desire to serve you, Lord, please rekindle that desire and that fire. And Lord, help us that we will seek to follow you to the point of dying to self and living in Christ. Bless us in these moments of invitation, for we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Our hymn of decision this morning is 544, Have Thine Own Way. We're going to have this hymn because possibly there's someone here today that's been thinking about becoming a Christian or, or someone who has, who has asked Christ even this past week during revival services. You didn't make it public, but this week you trusted Christ as Savior. In these moments as we sing this hymn, would you come and profess your faith in Christ? Let us stand together, number 544.